0: God says, let us make man in our image. Us and our, those are plural pronouns. But right before that says, let, like God says, so it says, it's it's, it's a singular person. God says, let us make man in our image. Who else is God talking to? Who else is he talking about? He's not talking about fish. He's not talking about animals or bears or tigers, though he had already created all of those things. No, what God is talking to, Two, and he's talking about it, he's talking about it himself in the context of the Trinity, right? When you were a little kid, you would ride on a tricycle. It's got three wheels. Trinity um, is referring to the three persons of God. I'm going to say that word persons a lot, and you're going to be like, I don't think that's the right word for that. That is the right word for that. just want to let you guys know. But tonight we're going to talk about the Trinity. Now, Christianity is monotheistic. We believe in one God, that one God is holy and all-powerful and all-knowing, but that one God is made up of three distinct beings, each one just as much God as the others, each one existing at the same time as the others. We get get these three necessary people and God's not like shape-shifting. It's not like he goes from being the the father to like transforming into the son, transforming into the spirit, like the song that we just sang, like that verse in Matthew I just read. But at any given moment throughout all of eternity, throughout all of, of history, God is all three at the same time. I'm gonna try and break that down for you guys because that's really confusing. Like you are one person Now, some of you guys may have like multiple personalities or you may get, who gets hangry? Anybody in here get hangry? When I get hangry, I turn to somebody else. Like, Remember those Snickers commercials where they'd be like Betty White? I'm like, dude, you need a Snickers. And he eats a Snickers and he's like a 26-year-old guy. And he's like, oh, thank you. That's not how God is. Like, God doesn't get hangry and all of a sudden transform because of a Snickers. That'd be wild. No, instead... God is all three. He is the Father, he is the Son and the Holy Spirit at all times. And the reason that that God is all three, I don't really know why God is all three at any time. But the way that each person of the Trinity interacts with human beings, with mankind is different. And I'm going to try and break that down for us tonight. I want you for a second to imagine that God is a road trip. Okay? Imagine that God is a road trip. Now, Real quick, like any analogy, this breaks down if you push it far enough, but I think we can get it to a point where hopefully it will help you understand. God is like a road trip. Now, in any road trip, you need a couple of specific things. The first thing you need is a destination. Okay, and for, for the purposes of this analogy tonight, we're gonna to use the Grand Canyon as our destination. I don't know if you've ever been to the Grand Canyon, but it is incredible. And one of the wildest things about the Grand Canyon. I saw it when I moved to Oregon. I'm from Louisiana and I moved here about five and a half years ago. And we stopped in Arizona on the way here. And like, when you're far away from the Grand Canyon, you see like the edge of the other side. And the closer you get to the Grand Canyon, you start to see more and more of it. And the closer you get, you begin to see its majesty and its grandeur and its its size. And I mean, I've stood at, at, the Gulf of Mexico, the Atlantic Ocean, the Pacific Ocean. And there's just like nothing for thousands and thousands of miles. But to stand inside the Grand Canyon, you feel small. Like not in a like, like I'm fragile kind of way, but like how incredible is this? That's our destination. Think about God as the, des- the Father, as the destination of a road trip. That's what you're trying to get to. That's where you're trying to go. Everything you're doing is about getting to your destination. But you don't just want to, you don't want to just like see it and then like turn around. First of all, it costs like $45 to get into Grand Canyon National Park. So spending 45 bucks to like drive in and drive out, that would be kind of upsetting. But you want to go in, you want to experience it. Like getting to sit with my feet dangling over the edge of the Grand Canyon was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. It's incredible that God is, Three people and the first one is he is a father he's the destination he's a perfect father he's not he's not a dad who's who misses your birthday good job Steve right he's not a dad who 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 isn't always there for you he is the perfect father and building a relationship with him is what he wants for us he wants he wants the best for us at any given moment and he knows that He himself in a relationship with himself is the best. If you ever get to go see the Grand Canyon, there's like no possible way that it was like created by a guy or a girl or anybody else. Like it's beyond comprehension. Now science tells us that the Colorado River like dug it out and and that's true. But like, it's incredible. It's bigger than what we can ever like understand. And you guys in here like snowboarders or skiers and you go to, you go to Mount Hood or, or whatever and you go to the top of the mountain. And even before you get there, you see like, man, that's incredible. And then when you get on the mountain and you're up at the top and you start looking out and you start to see everything from a different vantage point. Your destination for a road trip is super important. That's where we're trying to go. That is God the Father. But how do you get to your destination? Well, you need a car of some kind. Now, if you're going to take a road trip and you're going to drive to Arizona, that's not—it's like it's not super close. It's not Crater Lake. What kind of car are you going to take? You're going to take your roommate's like '96 Corolla. Like, it sounds like a weed eater that's about to explode at any given moment. Like, is that your choice? Are you going to take like you're going to take a '98 Civic that's like hasn't hasn't moved from that parking spot in six months? There's like 20 parking tickets on it. The air conditioner doesn't work. The radio doesn't work. You guys watch How I Met Your Mother. I just thought about that scene where they have that one tape stuck. I will walk 500. Like the entire, like, that's not the car you want to take on your road trip. You don't want something with the check engine light. You don't want something that leaks oil. You want something that is reliable. This constant that you know without a doubt is going to get you there. One thing that was super foreign to me when I moved here is you would start hearing commercials for like Les Schwab about how to weatherize and winterize your car. You put snow tires on it. You do like a seasonal checkup. You just don't have to do that in the South because it's always hot and sticky and kind of gross. Like you don't have to like get snow tires in Louisiana. Like you just have to get like a new boat for the summer because like, it's that, it's that bad. On a road trip, you need a car. And when you choose that car, you want to choose the one that's, that's consistent. Maybe it's new. Maybe it's got heated seats. Maybe it's got a DVD player in it. Don't watch movies and drive at the same time. Maybe it's a Tesla. Maybe it's a self-driving Tesla. Like you literally don't have to do anything but get in and you go along for the ride and recharge it every so often. But it's not gonna break down. That's Jesus. Jesus is what gets us to the Father as we sang in, in those songs that Jesus made a way, he died for our sins. He made a way for us to get to God the Father. Now, Jesus is fully God. Jesus is not any less God than his dad. He's not like God number two. He's not God with a little g. He is 100% God. But what Jesus also was, is he was 100% man. He, he bridged the gap between God's perfection and humanity's sin. He came and lived as a a man, but as a perfect man. He never sinned. And through his death on the cross and his resurrection, he made a way for us to reach our destination. You guys following me? So we've got our destination and we've got our car. What's the last thing you need for a road trip? It's not snacks. Like, those are nice, but like, you don't need snacks. You don't need a hotel. You don't even need a tent if you're going to go camping. You need a road. It's literally in the name. You need a road. You need the path that is going to get you to your destination. Now, for a lot of us, maybe we remember growing up before GPSs were on everybody's phone, when you would have to go and you'd have to print out directions on like MapQuest. Or maybe your parents had one of those like TomTom GPSs or whatever, And those things were never accurate. Like they were never updated. I was driving through Houston, Texas one time and I got off the interstate and it was telling me like take this road and that road had a dead end so that I turned around and it was like redirecting, 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 redirecting. Finally, I just got back on the interstate and it told me I was going the wrong way. And I was like, dude, I give up. Like this is the worst. The GPS can mislead you. But if you really know how to read the road signs, if you've got a really good sense of direction, the roads will get you there. You're not gonna drive your self-driving Tesla through somebody's yard. Well, you're not gonna do it at all because it's self-driving. But if you put it into manual mode, you're not gonna drive it through somebody's yard. You're not gonna drive it through a river. You're gonna take a bridge over the river. You're gonna take the highway. You're gonna take the path that is going to get you to your destination. And that's the Holy Spirit. His role when interacting and dealing with humanity, when dealing with us is to get us to our destination. Guys, living as a Jesus follower is not always super easy. There's a lot of gray area out there where sometimes you're like, I don't know what to do. And when that happens, I know for myself, one of the first things I do is, God, I need direction." I need to know. I need clarity on where I'm going, on what you're trying to do here. I need direction, and that is the work of the Holy Spirit, who is reminding us constantly of where to turn, what our end goal is. There's this one time where I was I was in a band, and we were um, we were on this little short tour from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, up to Boston, Massachusetts. Um, take about 30 hours straight without stopping. We got in the car at 7 o'clock in the morning drove all night. We were like switching drivers every like five, 10 minutes or so. Like we were that tired. It was super unsafe. So much fun. Um, and somebody was like, Hey, there's this like random, like dinosaur exhibit off the highway. And we're like, dude, let's go. So we get off the highway and we like start heading in the middle of nowhere in Virginia. That's like, this sounds like the plot of a horror movie, doesn't it? So we're driving and we're like trying to look for this dinosaur exhibit. And like, it's like these, just these giant dinosaur statues right on the side of the road. And we're driving and we're driving. And then somebody like clicks on like the Google ad. And it said it was like closed down like three years before we ever, like we're set on the road trip. And it's like, dude, why didn't we see this before? So we'd taken this crazy detour. And we're like, all right, it's fine. We'll just turn around. Well, it turned out that we turned around and, I've never seen a one-way road that's not like in the middle of a city, but there's this random one-way road in the middle of nowhere in Virginia that we were on at two o'clock in the morning. We got super turned around. And we we're like, where are we trying to go? Where are we trying to go? We had to reroute. We had to take some take some alternate routes, but eventually we ended up where we wanted to go. It wasn't immediate. It wasn't the smoothest journey but we got there. The road helped gave us direction. That's what the Holy Spirit does. So God the Father is our destination. We want to get to know God. He desires to have a relationship with us. And he already knows you better than you know yourself. Oftentimes in prayer, God, I need direction. I, I, and, and maybe we're like, we're in this place where we want to just exalt God and say, God, you are so good. God, you made a way for me to not have to be held responsible for my sin. God, you created me with purpose and with value. God, you gave me freedom. You gave me my identity. That's God the Father. When we we pray to Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus made a way for us to have a relationship with the Father. Jesus sacrificed himself so that you and I would not have to die eternal death, but instead we could spend eternity in the presence of God the Father. And the Holy Spirit gets us there. Now, earlier I talked about you have a choice in the car that you're gonna take on your road trip. And I guess you do, like you, like in a real road trip, this is kind of where it breaks down. Like you've got a choice, like you're gonna take your car or your friend's car. You're gonna take a train. You're gonna take the bus. Don't take the bus. That's gotta be terrible. John 14, six, Jesus himself, the son of God says, I am the way, I am the way, the truth and the light. Those are Jesus's own words. I am the way, the truth and the light. No man can come to the father except through me. Here is Jesus once again, acknowledging the relationship between he and his own, his father, our father who is in heaven, Jesus wants to get us there. And not just like a little bit, Jesus wants to get us there safely. He wants to get us there comfortably. He wants to get us there confidently. And he doesn't make us work for it. I don't know if you've ever gotten a flat tire on the side of the road, especially if it's like something, you're on your way to something important, but it's like the most stressful situation ever, especially if you don't know how to change your own tire. You should probably go learn that like today, just in case. Jesus isn't making us work for our salvation. Jesus isn't a car that we need to put all this time and effort into, into getting right. What Jesus says, all we have to do is he says, just, just say, I want to follow you and then do it. It becomes a relationship, but he's really not asking us to, like, to work for anything. Instead, he says, we cannot work for it. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, salvation is a free gift from God, not by works that no man can boast. Jesus' role in interaction with us is getting us to God through salvation. And again, the Holy Spirit that rode that path. At some point, we all probably ask ourselves, like, what path am I on? Where, where am I trying to go? Maybe you're in this room tonight and you are following after Jesus and maybe you're in this room tonight and you just followed 19th Avenue to be here tonight and you're not really sure why. Guys, the Holy Spirit is so cool because like oftentimes I feel like he kind of gets like left out when we think about God. It's really easy to pray to God. It's really easy to talk about what Jesus has done. And then sometimes the Holy Spirit just kind of gets like whatever's left over but the Holy Spirit is literally going like between you and the Father as a mediator to talk. He brings your prayers to God the Father. Sometimes when you're like lying in bed at night and you just don't know what to do and then you come out with this overwhelming sense of peace and direction, that's the Holy Spirit. God has all three of these all at one time, kind of like an egg. An egg has shell it has the yolk and it has the white and all three are equally egg. Like if you got egg on your shirt, which would be a terrible morning, but if you did and it was the egg shell, you'd be like, oh, I got egg on me. And if it's the white, you'd be like, I got the healthy egg on me. And if it's the yolk, you still got egg on your shirt. All three are equally egg, but they all three distinctly have different identities. That's how God works. That's how God works and operates within the Trinity. But I think the most important thing to know about the Trinity, like it's good to know the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, but the most important thing to understand about the entire thing is that God is so much bigger than us and we're never gonna completely understand it in fullness. There's this one theologian, he died in the 1950s and this is what he said about the Trinity. He said, It is especially when we reflect on the relation of the three persons to the divine essence that all analogies fail us, and we become deeply conscious of the fact that the Trinity is a mystery far beyond our comprehension. It is the incomprehensible glory of the Godhead. This was a guy who devoted his entire life to studying God. He was an expert. And he says that when we realize that we can never fully understand, when we can never fully figure it out, that's when we're actually going to get it. We don't need to understand the Trinity in its fullness. There are our seminary classes, seminary is college for Jesus, um, like the next step beyond NCU or Bushnell. Sorry, guys. Um, there are seminary level classes that are devoted to understanding the Trinity. And everybody walks out going, I have a pretty good understanding, but if you ask me to like to break it down perfectly, it's really hard to do. And the reason for that is because the God that we sang about tonight, the God that, that we are here to worship, the God that, that has come to meet us here tonight, he is bigger than anything we can understand. Ephesians chapter three, verse 20 and 21. I love these verses so much. It says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. God can do way more than we can ever, ever think about. And he does it all the time. He's, he's done it throughout history. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day just about how like crazy 2020 was in like a lot of bad ways. And at the same time, like how many good things I saw come from that? How many conversations of people that have said, I was forced into doing something I would have never normally done. And it was so fulfilling was so encouraging. It was so life-giving. Guys, God, it did not like get surprised by COVID-19. He used it. He was aware of it long before we were. The God that we worship is beyond understanding. And the analogy of the road trip, like if you push it far enough, it's going to fall apart. And that's okay. Tonight, I want us to understand that the God who who has a plan for us, who has a purpose for us, who said that you have a value regardless of how, how intelligent you are or how wealthy you are or how strong or, or anything, any metric that you can come up with. The God who exists as Father and Son and Holy Spirit has come to meet with us here tonight. The Father is where we are trying to go. The son is the one that makes it possible. And the spirit guides the way. They don't give up on us. They don't lead us astray. They're always there. They're always ready. They they want us to know them. And these make up the God that we read about in the Bible. There's There's not a verse in scripture where it says the Trinity but we see verses, just like the one where I started, Matthew 28, 19, where you see Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You see Jesus saying, I and the Father am one. You see, you see references all throughout the New Testament and the Old Testament of these three distinct beings being one God. This is unique to Christianity. This doesn't exist in any other religion I don't believe that there's, there's a God of, of, of this and a God of that. There is one God with a purpose and his purpose is to be glorified. And He's given us an opportunity to do just that. No matter what the circumstance, no matter what's going on. That God has come to bring us peace and joy and love and patience and kindness and goodness and thoughtfulness and self-control that God has come to make us new. He has come to bring us freedom. And he exists beyond what we can comprehend. He alone is worthy of being called God. He alone is worthy of having that place of importance in our own lives. He is God. as the team comes up and they, they give us this opportunity to respond and, and to pray and, and to sing these songs, sing this truth, let's do some work with God tonight. Let's pray. God, we thank you and we worship you and we celebrate you tonight. You are worthy of your name god you are the king of this world you are the god of my salvation and we thank you we praise you we worship you holy spirit tonight as we sing these songs as we declare your name and as we as we eat pizza afterwards i pray that you would be our focus tonight that you would meet with us you would speak to us if we need to to go and find a leader, go find somebody and, and just talk about you and try and understand you and get to know you. God, I pray that you would prompt us and you would lead us and you would guide us to do that tonight. God, I pray that in this time we would make much of you. We love you, Lord. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.